Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you're listening to this from. This is John Sane for the Expansive Podcast. I'm sitting in my apartment in Dubai overlooking a beautiful view of the marina. And my better half, Eric, is sitting in Joburg. How are you doing, brother? Eric. Hey, John. I'm good. How are you, dude? I'm so good, man. I'm loving Dubai so much. Uh, every day is new and fresh. I'm meeting new people every day. I'm really enjoying it. What's going down there in Joburg? I saw some videos of you and your beautiful dog. Um, yeah, excellent. Mm. Yeah, he's mm, a excellent. he's a high performer. He's getting coaching all the time. So <laughs> <laughs> I did see some coaching happen on the video. I was going to bring it up. A type personality father pushing his son a little bit too far, but I wasn't going to say that. So, yeah, uh, so that, so and uh, we were just talking a little bit about our books that's uh, that's on the horizon, and uh, got an email from my publisher today asking how's things going and how I'm progressing. It's such an interesting journey to write. Hey, uh, the the way that you that you change direction, the way you learn new things, the way you start looking at the world through a different lens and a different view. Uh, how's your book coming along? There's a great yeah. There's a great saying that says, "I don't uh, learn to write; I write to learn." And, you know, you, you, you don't very, have, very you don't have the, you might have the end in mind, but you really don't know how it's going to get there. Or you might not even have the end in mind, but you make a commitment to yourself to write, you know, and it's really an addictive process. I can't think of me not writing a book. It almost feels like I'm missing something if I don't have a book being written. And uh, this morning I had breakfast with a lady from Hong Kong here in Dubai, and she's just finished her first book and she's doing a tour of it. And um, she's here doing a talk and she was like, Oh, I'm so excited for my next book. It almost feels like my other book's outdated. And I said, the minute it's done, it's almost outdated because it's taken you a year of thinking to do, you know? So my new book's coming along really well. Uh, we've sent off the first sort of transcripts to two agents, one in New York and one in Hollywood. So yeah, we're working on it and uh, my brain's a little bit tired from the year. So I'm going to be taking a bit of a rest before I really get stuck into it early next year. And uh, I was, are you are you comfortable talking about your title of your book on, on air? Yeah, I mean, it's... It's still, it's still a work in progress and the title has gone through various iterations as well. So at the moment it's called How to Be Dangerous and it's it's mm. not a self-defense book. Wait, wait, let's just stop there. Let's just stop there. <laughs> How to Be Dangerous. Can we savor that a little bit? Because I really love that. I remember when you first told me a few months ago about this dangerous concept. And uh, I mean, obviously, if coming from South Africa, dangerous has a connotation yeah. attached to it. So you almost have to come quickly with a with a side note on it. But uh, I love it. So how to be dangerous is where it's at right now. Yeah, it's definitely it's a, a insight that came out of coaching for me this year. And once it sort of hit home for me, I started talking about it at different uh, facilitations and keynotes that I was doing. And it was just resonating for everyone. Everyone was just getting it. And so... I'm really excited to be writing a bit more about it and expanding my own thinking about it. But essentially, yeah, not a self-defense book and not about how to uh, inflict harm on others. So we'll, <laughs> we'll just put that out there. Yeah. Yeah. The word means this, but I mean something exactly the opposite in this context. I guess it's all context, you know? It is, it is. Um, but that's, that's really great. Well, my books, uh, I mean, you shared yours, mine's called The Evolution of Value. Mm. And I'm looking at Great all the title. 10 pillars Great that are title. evolving as such a thank you. Thank you. And it's, it's just talking about the evolving value of 10 major pillars in our lives, like religion, like masculinity, like femininity, um, money, politics, power. And we're interviewing some really incredible minds. And um, yeah, I can't wait to put it together Sounds and amazing. launch it next year. When is your due date? Mm, thank you. 
every year june i try and get to a june launch date so we're aiming for the same thing but let's get to today's yes. episode we were complaining off air about other podcasters talking too much <laughs> shite uh, for too long <laughs> and here we are <laughs> except we're complaining that they speak about ads for too long and so we were we were befo- uh, like weirded out that they have these ads and then we just fast forward through them it's like tv who watches ads on tv who actually watches tv let alone who watches ads on tv but either way today we want to talk about reinvention and i think that what happens for most of us as human beings is that when we get into a slum and if it becomes an extended slum, we often think to ourselves, oh my God, is this how it's going to be forever? Is this who I am now? And before I open up the taps to you, because I know this is a very big part of your sort of work that you do is I remember when I was going through my bankruptcy and this might seem really shallow, but it is what it is. I was 29 years old. I was living in Joburg. I had the trappings of a successful Joburg boy with his fancy car, house and clothes and holidays. And I remember thinking to myself, oh my God, now that I'm bankrupt, I'm going to have to go to clicks for all my face moisturizer anymore. <laughs> I won't be able to use fancy moisturizing creams. And I, th- and I thought for the rest of my life, I'm going to have to use clicks moisturizers. And I thought that was it, you know? I thought that was my life forever. And I was so depressed about that. But I think this topic of reinvention is something that all human beings need to understand. And also the hero's journey, you know, is how do we become the hero of our own journey? And so, yeah, uh, talk us through it, Eric. Tell us, tell us where your thinking is at. Yeah, you know what, raised, what really sort of brought this topic to my attention again was, well, we had Mark's event where, where he was speaking for Suits and Sneakers. Um, incredible event. And, you know, you are on stage, I was on stage. And what I wanted to share that night was I was on the stage at the Linda Auditorium at Wits. And like leading up to the event, I actually realized, shit, like a couple of years ago, I was here as a physio. And 10 years later, I'm there as an executive coach and a keynote speaker, author, and I was just so, well, grateful, number one, but it was also just so mind-blowing to realize that your reinvention has come full circle. Same place, completely different person. And and so that was, so that, that was sort of the topic for the night for me. And then I was listening to your interview with Spencer Lodge. Uh, it's a, a podcaster in Dubai, right, that, that interviewed you. So I was listening to that, and, and it just struck me that you've gone through this big journey yourself of completely reinventing you are because I, I there was a time where i thought like who was john and i mean i, I saw that boot photo of yours on the beach um, <laughs> <laughs> i was like i was that could be john but 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 i was just thinking like who was john before he was the speaker that he is today and the author that he is today and what process did he go through as well and for me really so a very brief history is I graduated in 2007 as a physio by 2009 I was out in private practice and they taught us everything that we needed to know about uh, diagnosing bones tendons ligaments all those kind of things how to treat pathology but they never showed us how to run a business and so my friend and I were really battling to get our business off the ground and it's around that time that I met Marnus from Shark Tank and he actually showed me how to create my very first WordPress website. And what happened was the website gave us foot traffic. So all of a sudden we had a business. But really what happened is it just hooked me onto this like online world where you can create and be anything. And so for the next couple of years, I was just all about how do I create a business online that gives me income while I do nothing? 
and it didn't work out until eventually I, I head on to on to <laughs> better man yeah okay dude passive <laughs> yeah, income yeah. you know it's the dream yeah right and right. and then I head on onto better man and better man became this big community where we had eighteen thousand men in it it's also how you and I met mm, you you and I met yeah man. and and from there the community was saying well can you coach us can you well we were doing events so I was speaking at my own events. And and that's been this like evolution where it's been for me it's been very much I'm pushing towards being someone else. But there was also this big pull once I moved into the sort of the right circles or got to the right thing that I needed to do. There was a big pull towards this is who you should become. And we always hear of people transforming themselves and like you you know they go from rags to riches and everyone loves that story, but it almost feels unattainable. And I just thought that. It might be worth us sharing on this podcast the fact that we've gone through these evolutions ourselves. Hang on, hang on. Let me ask you. A yes. qu- let me ask you a question. There. Yep. When did you like? You said you were Linden uh, Linden Auditorium. Did you think you wanted to be a speaker or uh, the uh, an author at that stage? Did you even think that was a possibility at all? Never, never. At, at what stage? At what stage did you want to become that? And and so, what my question is is, what drove your evolution? What drove your reinvention? What was it? So, perhaps the starting point for it was I didn't want to be a physio. So I knew it at least at the, okay. at the very least yeah. that where yeah. I was wasn't where I wanted to be. So that I, I guess that drove me to start off with. But then once I once I found digital. I absolutely loved it and I wanted to have more of that. So then that became the driving force. And then once I found Better Man and I realized, geez, now I'm combining my love for digital with my love for self-development. I mean, could I ask for better? And then when I found coaching, I'm like, wow, I can get paid for this and do digital and do like, okay. you know. Okay. So I guess. So one thing led you to the next? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. One thing led me to the next until things started pulling me along. And then I guess, but I guess we always in a evolution in some, in some way or form, right? Like, um, tell me a bit about yours. Well, I got some more questions because I think there's, I think for the listeners, the, the thing is, is that, um, You know, I speak a lot about clarity of where you want to be and work backwards, but I think there's a lot to be said for what you've just said, because you didn't know you were going to be this, but what you did was you, you followed the breadcrumbs of your excitement. And I think that's a real magic of what your story is, is because you had no idea that this was even a possibility that you could be doing something like this in the future and then start aiming at it. You just followed the breadcrumbs of this is what I'm really loving now. Oh, look, these people are enjoying it and they ask me to do this. Oh, yes, I actually love this as well. And let me keep going with it. And I think um, it's quite daunting for people to move out of a job or a security that's helping pay for the mortgage and those things without actually knowing the end result. But actually, if you just follow a little bit of excitement that leads you to the next thing because ultimately when you are excited and when you follow what shines brightest what really starts to happen is you tap into your own state of genius because in that excitement you become more I don't know more inspired to do more I mean look you built a massive audience around you and that's what really impressed me when I first met you 
is that, wow, you've built that many people on Facebook and on, on, and you had this sort of emailer going. And in that, I was like, I had some respect for you. And then it evolved into next. And then I asked you to coach me. And then, then we started this. And I mean, it was just because you had built that and that built a certain level of respect because you loved it so much. So I think for the listeners out there that are, that are, that are in a job that they don't enjoy or in a business that they're not enjoying, it's really just try something new that really excites you, whether it's gardening or swimming or knitting or whatever. Whatever it actually may be, it's really about leading you to the next thing. And I think both of us can say that for both of our evolutions is one thing led to another. Now, now that you and I are in this position, now we have massive levels of clarity, what we want to achieve. But to get us here, it was really just following the breadcrumbs of what our passion and purpose were, really. You know, I often think of clarity because it is this it is those, this turbocharger, you know, what, what is the, the thing that turbocharges performance? It's clarity because when I'm clear on where I'm going and when I'm clear on what I need to do, then it's so much easier to slot into those things. But I think initially clarity is like walking into a dark room and you, you don't know what's around you, right? But you've taken that step into the unknown and then you have to start doing things. And like, luckily for you, you have a, a, handful of matches and you strike that first match and it's something that you do and it gives you a little bit of light allows you to see what's happening around you but you don't stop there you strike another match and another match and another match and over time the glow illuminates the room and you start seeing some faint outlines which allows you to then move around the room right and you it allows you to move without like bumping your toe or like walking into a, a cupboard and eventually, like, you'll have so much light that you know exactly where to go. But then, one day, you might walk into a brand new room, a brand new dark room, you know, and all of a sudden, like, you just have to do it again. You have to strike those matches again. And clarity, then, is actually an action. It's not something that just comes to you. It's generated. It's created by you. Well, you know, that room that you can see all the time becomes your comfort zone. And that's why you have to change rooms, exactly. you know, because that exactly. room, I kind of know all of it. And then you become bored and then you start doing stupid things, eating too much, drinking too much, smoking too much, doing whatever, because you're just bored because it's the same groundhog day that you're going through, you know? Jeez, I love that analogy. One that I heard from the guy who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, can't remember his name now, but he was saying that, you know, life's a staircase and all you have to see is one step at a time. Don't worry about the next step. Just see the one step and then move on to the next step and then the next step. And then, you know, but, but I, I, I get that and, and I love that because I think we both doing that to a certain extent. When I started out, um, my sort of process of helping small businesses kind of repeat what I didn't do, you know? So I, I, I went bankrupt, obviously. And the reason I went bankrupt is because I became scared of innovation because I had already done so well then just keep doing what you've always done. Don't change anything. Just repeat, repeat, repeat. And I got stuck in this repeat cycle. Um, I call it now the dangerous loop of innovation because you're doing what you did yesterday just a bit better, hoping that that's going to bring you better results. And ultimately it's not because the world's changing so quickly. But and then when that started happening, I when I went through my depression and after a few years of being depressed, I came out of it helping small businesses not do what I did which was this fear of innovation and the psychology behind change of behavior. And I never knew this was going to happen. I <laughs> no clue. And people often ask me, like, how did you start speaking? I'm like, actually, quite literally, the first talk I was asked to give was to six people. 
at uh, a restaurant, Fedhasa, uh, which is the Federation of Hospitality in South Africa. And they, they had a restaurant evening and somebody asked me to do a talk for six people. So I went there, did the talk for six people. And then who was in that audience? The ex-CEO of CTICC. And he said to me, look, I enjoyed what you say. We have a, a annual staff conference. There's about 600 people. We don't have a budget, but do you want to come speak there? I was like, yes, man. So I went and spoke there and then it began. You know, you never know who's in the audience and who's watching you and who's yeah. not. So, and when did your vision then yeah. become more crystallized around where you want to go? I think once you become a specialist in your field and once people start giving you, um, they give you attention because you are consistently giving them aha moments or you're showing them certain things that they don't know, whether you're a chef or a suit maker or whatever, whatever your job is or whatever your career or passion is, is when you start getting that recognition from the outside and you start realizing that not everybody thinks like you do. you like, I remember thinking, doesn't everybody see it like this? I thought everybody sees it like this. And I realized it was only me that sees it like this. And once that becomes crystal clear in your mind, you start realizing that you have this real defined genius that all of us have, but you've now tapped into this. And now that you've got it, you can now really extend it and become hyper-specialized in it and really start spending money on becoming better and better at that skill. And for me, it's going to workshops around the world. It's about having researchers around me. It's about joining faculties in different places. And now what starts to happen is now I realize my power. Now I realize what I'm doing. And now I can start setting some audacious goals. And that's exactly why I'm in Dubai is I want to start playing on a global field. And uh, now, now it's kind of become that. When did yours start, Eric? I'd say three years ago, that's when I got real clarity. Uh, when, I, when, I was, when I was in Better Man, I was just thinking how Better Man was going to be the next big thing. And there was a point that I, I'll always remember the day when our Facebook page overtook the amount of likes that GQ had. Um, and, wow, I remember yeah. this. I remember this. I remember and that this. Was, it was yeah. such an awesome day for me. And that was, that was what it was going to be. It was going to be like this next wave of like development for men. But then what started happening is as I was getting, getting more into coaching and more into speaking, I was getting pigeonholed because people would say to me, come speak at organization. And then when we start talking, they're like, well, can you actually speak to women? Because like you run this better man thing. So I had to get out and I had to, and we had a long conversation about this as well, about how you, you become your brand and where, so for me, a big question was where did I start and end? Or where did better man start and end? So I had to almost sever that. And once that happened, it almost allowed me to think about a future that doesn't include better man. And that was all about coaching and speaking and what that looks like. And over the years that's developed, but the only way it's redeveloped is bigger, you know, like just my imagination of what it could be and can be is stretched a lot. I think that the 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 thing is is uh, if people are listening to this and are in an unhappy place or in a place that they don't think uh, is really fulfilling them, what they've got to realize is that there's no silver bullet. The silver bullet is breaking down your thought processes, your actions into rituals, habits, behaviors, and who you are. And so for me, it was really getting myself out of that depression of um, uh, sort of the depression I was in, getting myself out of it was just 
becoming very, very sensitive and hyper aware of my thinking process so that I could work myself out of the process of having no self-confidence or lack of self-worth or scared that I was going to attract the same sort of sort of partners that had come into my life that had helped me become bankrupt or whatever the case was. And I had to keep changing those. And so you, you've got to start small and you've got to start inside your head of how you think what you can achieve uh, what value you can bring to the world and also just if you really tap into your genius and you really start following that breadcrumbs into your purpose guess what you don't even have time to have negative thoughts you're so enthralled with what's going on you don't have time for any of these things and the thing is, is your idle mind is looking and thinking about these things because you're bored out of your head thinking about stuff that doesn't excite you you know so just following yourself into excitement gets you to a point where you just forget about all those negative rituals and, and sort of habits so there's no silver bullet the silver bullet is becoming hyper aware of yourself on a daily basis moment by moment minute by minute hour by hour where your energy's at and what you're focused on I love it and I, I would highly encourage anyone listening to this to go check out uh, the accretion episode that we did as well because i think it speaks to this in a big way um just closing your thoughts from me is i think what's come out of this conversation is that clarity is important but it doesn't have to be all-encompassing clarity to start with that we can work for that clarity and that it's it's in the process of gaining clarity that you get clarity right it's not like you're not going to wake up one morning and aha you know exactly where you want to go and that it's a big a big part of this is patience. I mean, it's taken me at least uh, 12 years to get to where I am today. And I know that there's still a lot that needs to happen in the process as well. And also, like, once you, once you make the decision, like, just commit to it. I remember going to networking events and I was in between, like, who I was and who I was becoming because I was still a physio, <laughs> yeah. but I was also a digital yeah. entrepreneur. And then I had this, like, big existential crisis every time I was – I had to introduce myself. I thought, well, how do I introduce myself? Because I'm a physio. That's what I feel like. But I'm also an entrepreneur. So do I introduce myself as who I want to be or who I am? And uh, it became this really big thing in my head. And now I'm like, you know, you introduce yourself as who you want to be. So, so those are my closing thoughts. I love that. Yeah, I love that. You know, um, I think the thing is, is it's not so much what you're going to be. It's about focusing on the behavior you have. And in that behavior in itself lies the magic because in that behavior, you are enthralled with what you're busy with and almost patience is irrelevant because you're so enthralled. So, you know, you and I are both writing books. We started off with this. Like, it's a very tough thing to write a book you have to be hyper focused but i never think of it like that i think i've got to research more and in that research is what i'm really focused on so patience becomes obvious because i also want to give a really good book i don't want to give a book that's half-hearted either so i think it's patience becomes as a result of you following the sort of passion that you've purpose that you've tapped into and I often tell audiences i speak to the future is not about what is going to happen. The future is about how you behave. And I think that's really the thing here is when you want to reinvent yourself is what, how are you behaving? What is the sort of um, daily uh, sort of time that you're creating to want to um, um, integrate and cultivate this action around finding your purpose? And that's really, for me, the most powerful version of you and that way you reinvent yourself automatically. Mm. Actions, not words. Love it. Great. Thank you so much, Eric. Thanks, brother. Chat soon. It's great to chat to you. Bye.